Please turn your Bible to the book of Ephesians. Ephesians is the Apostle Paul's uh, letter to the church in the ancient city of Ephesus. And we are studying the first chapter of Ephesians under the title, uh, Adopted for Life. Because the central image of this whole chapter is the image of adoption. As Paul says in Ephesians chapter 1 verse 5, God predestined us to be adopted as his children through Jesus Christ. So, in the first week, uh, we studied how as God's adopted child, I am showered with every spiritual blessing of privilege, position, possession, and power. In the second week, we saw how as God's adopted child, I am set free from slavery to fear. And in the third week, uh, we heard God saying that if I am a child of God today, it's because God chose me. And now, after three weeks of hearing who I am and what I've been given as an adopted child of God, today we come to a big question that's hanging in the air. How do I know for sure that I am an adopted child of God? This is a very important question. If you've never pondered this question before, you need to ponder it today. Because there is no more important question in this life or the next life than the question, am I adopted, am I an adopted child of God, or am I not? You want to know where you stand with God, and God wants you to know even more. If you are not yet his adopted child, God wants you to know so that you can receive his love through faith in Jesus. If you are his child, God wants to take away all doubt so that you can experience the joy and confidence that comes with complete assurance that you are no longer an orphan, but you are God's adopted child. Which leads us back to the practice of adoption in Paul's day. Uh, The past few weeks we've learned that uh, in the first century, adoptions often involved war orphans who were distributed throughout the Roman Empire through the institution of slavery. We learned how sometimes a Roman householder uh, would choose a war orphan, pay uh, his purchased price through a process called redemption, which would enable this father to set the orphan free and then adopt this child as his son or daughter. Now, let's add two more unique aspects regarding adoptions in Paul's day. The Roman Empire was a marvel in the way that it bound together very diverse cultures into one unified uh, kingdom. The Romans created this uh, unity primarily through a sophisticated legal system. Uh, Every Roman subject uh, in the empire knew that no decision, no transaction, no permission, no action was official unless it resulted in a legal document that was authenticated by a Roman seal. The Roman seal was a blotch of melted uh, colored wax that was stamped with the official imprint of the empire and adoptions in Paul's day were subject to this legal process so no adoption could be considered official unless the adopted 
uh, adoptive father held a document that bore the official Roman seal. So it's easy to imagine how an adopted child in the first century might be insecure because as a former slave, it must have been hard for an orphan to absorb the truth that he or she was a child of a father and no longer a slave to a master. But it's also easy to imagine how this insecurity would disappear when the father came running out to this adopted child, waving a piece of paper, saying, Come here, child. I want to show you something. And then this father would take his child in uh, his lap and unroll this document and say, See, this adoption paper proves that you are my child. And see, here at the bottom is the seal that makes it official. This proves that you're my legal heir. And everything that I have is yours. And then it's easy to imagine how this father might go one step further and say, to give you complete assurance that you are my child and heir, I want to start giving you some of your inheritance right now. Call it a trust fund or an allowance or a deposit or a down payment. But I want to give you a portion now just to show you and to give you a foretaste of the inheritance that will one day be yours. Now, this scenario I've just described is not imagination. It is rooted in real history and real practices common to adoptions in Paul's day. And with this as background, now listen to these stunning words from Ephesians chapter 1, verses 13 and 14. And you also were included in Christ when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation. Having believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory. So Paul is saying that just like a Roman orphan acquired proof of his adoption through the marks of a seal and an inheritance, so the child of God acquires proof of his or her adoption by God through the seal and the inheritance given through the Holy Spirit. The adopted children of God have been marked with a distinctive seal, and marked with a distinctive inheritance. Let's study these marks of the Holy Spirit and how they give assurance to God's children. Let's start with the seal. Uh, Since a seal is a visible mark, when Paul talks about the Holy Spirit being a seal, he is talking about some external marks on one's life as an adopted child of God. And we don't need to search very far in Ephesians chapter 1 to discover what external marks Paul has in mind because the very next verse, Paul says in Ephesians chapter 1, verses 15 and 16, For this reason, ever since I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all God's people, I have not stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. So here, Paul identifies the two external marks that identify the adopted children of God, faith and love. 
Paul is writing to people he had never met uh, because uh, most of them he had uh, never met. Uh, he heard yet uh, that they had uh, this this adopted relationship with God. And the reason he knew that they were God's adopted children is because he heard about two external signs in their lives. He knew that they were sealed in the Holy Spirit because uh, they had these two sealing marks of God's adopted, faith and love. Uh, The first seal that distinguishes the adopted child of God is faith in the Lord Jesus. Faith is the key word here, and it does not mean believing facts about Jesus. In this context, faith refers to a set of convictions that accompany a restored relationship with God and the confirming presence of the Holy Spirit. And these convictions are proof that I am an adopted child of God. What are these convictions? Well, the first is the conviction that I become God's child only through Jesus. Uh, This first conviction of a true child of God is the belief that sin separates me from God and that this relationship cannot be restored by my good efforts, uh, my religious actions or uh, membership in a church or baptism anything like that. The true child of God holds the conviction that all people are separated from God and that there is one and only one way to become a child of God. And that is by personally applying what Jesus did on the cross. And holding this conviction is not the only mark of God's child, but it is a necessary starting point. Now, let me get painfully practical here. Um, If I don't believe that people are lost without Jesus, then I am missing a crucial mark of the Holy Spirit. Sometimes people say, I'm a Christian, I really love Jesus, but I believe that there are many ways to God, that Jesus is just one road to God. Now, this has become a very popular approach in our nobody-has-more-truth-than-anybody-else culture. But even though this is a popular way to define faith in Jesus, it is not the way Jesus defined it. Uh, Jesus claims that are unique among all philosophers, teachers, and religious leaders. Jesus is the only one who claims to be God in the flesh. Jesus is the only one who claims that his death is the one and only sacrifice for sins. Jesus is the only one claiming to rise from the dead. Jesus is the only one who claims that belief in him is the only way to overcome separation from God. Some people say to me, isn't it arrogant for you to say that belief in Jesus is the only way to salvation, the only way to become a child of God? And I say, no, the issue of arrogance doesn't even factor in. If, let's say after a, a tragic accident, um, I am dying from loss of blood. And three people come into my hospital room. Uh, and the first person offers me a book uh, to give me peace while I die. The second person offers me a pill uh, to deaden the pain while I die. And the third person is my blood type and offers to give me his blood to save me from death. It is not arrogant to conclude that this third person is the only way to salvation. No, because he is the only one who is offering to save me and the only one who has the power to do it. 
And this is why it's not arrogant to believe that Jesus is the only Savior. He's the only one who offers salvation. Holding this kind of faith in Jesus uh, is a conviction that is a sealing sign, a faith conviction that Jesus is the only Savior, uh, is a Holy Spirit sign that I am a child of God, as is a yearning and burning desire to share Jesus with others, just like Jesus shared, uh, Jesus, someone shared Jesus with me. Uh, if I do not have a conviction that people are lost without Jesus, and I do not have a passion for helping people find Jesus, then I am missing the sealing mark of the Holy Spirit. But if I have this conviction and I have this desire in my life, it's an assurance that I am an adopted child of God. In Paul's day, uh, the purpose of a seal was to authenticate a message and a messenger. Uh, whether the seal was on a letter or a legal document, uh, the imprinted seal was an official mark that authenticated the message and the messenger. I can know that I have been sealed with the Holy Spirit when I understand and have personally applied the authentic message and I have a burning desire to fulfill my role as an authentic messenger of the good news of Jesus. So that's the first conviction. Uh, here's a second faith conviction that is a sealing mark from the Holy Spirit. The conviction that as his child, God speaks to me and leads me. Paul addresses this conviction uh, in Romans chapter 8, which is a companion passage to Ephesians chapter 1, where Paul uses this same adoption language and says, those who are led by the Spirit of God are the adopted children of God. Uh, do you see what Paul is saying here? Paul is saying that another way that the Holy Spirit confirms that I am God's child is by speaking to me, and leading me. Uh, obviously, I'm not talking about an audible voice. I'm talking about an interior relationship with God where God uh, leads me through the circumstances of my life. Uh, I sense God teaching me, helping me, guiding me through everyday events. Uh, a relationship with God where he speaks to me and leads me uh, is most found in one source above all. And that is through his word in scripture. So here is another specific area where I can evaluate myself. If I have a strong desire to learn about the Bible because I hear God's voice in the Bible, because I'm, uh, I sense God leading me through uh, the Bible and I have a strong desire to apply the words of the Bible to my life, out of a desire to please God, this is a reliable sealing sign from the Holy Spirit. Simply put, uh, people who do not have God's sealing Holy Spirit do not have much interest in the Bible, do not have much interest in applying it. And when they read it, they do not sense God saying anything to them. But if I hold this faith conviction based on experience that God speaks to me through Scripture and leads me through Scripture, I can take that as assurance because conviction, uh, uh, this conviction of faith in the Lord Jesus is a sealing sign of my adoption as God's child. 
Now let me move on to the, the second uh, seal mark category, uh, which uh, that, that kind of identifies the adopted children of God, which is love for God's people. Faith was the key word uh, in that first sealing mark. Love is the key word in this second seal. Now, Paul, Paul's word for love here does not refer to a set of feelings. It refers to a set of convictions. Faith refers to a set of convictions. Love refers to a set of commitments. Uh, let, together, let's look, take a look at some of these commitments. These are not commitments of duty. Uh, they are joy-filled commitments, starting with a joyful commitment to community with other believers. In verse 15, uh, Paul says he knows that the Ephesians are true children of God because he hears of their love for all God's people. One of the sealing marks of the Holy Spirit is a desire to be in community with other believers. If you look around here at Black Rock, Fairfield, and Long Ridge, you see people hugging each other and loving each other, uh, coming from all different backgrounds, social backgrounds, professions, every economic level. And this kind of deep love over this kind of diversity doesn't happen anywhere in our culture except among God's people. And my desire to be an active part of a community of God's people is a sealing sign that I am an adopted child of God. Uh, Dr. Martin Lloyd-Jones was a uh, famous medical doctor in London before he became a famous pastor. But before he became famous as a pastor, uh, his first parish was a small church in a tiny fishing village in Wales. Uh, He was a pastor over simple people who were two or three social levels below uh, his own. And uh, Lloyd-Jones admitted uh, that he had... He battled spiritual doubts, including doubts about whether he was truly an adopted child of God. And he said that when these doubts assaulted him uh, as a new pastor in Wales, uh, he would talk back to the devil saying, Satan, if I am not a child of God, explain something. Explain why I have more in common and I would rather talk about Jesus for hours with a poor uh, fisherman's wife than I would spend a few minutes talking with my medical peers in London. Lloyd-Jones understood that his love for God's people was a sealing mark that confirmed that he was God's child. And the same is true of the two other commitments, a joyful commitment to worship with other believers and a joyful commitment to serve other believers. The reason God's people love each other is not because we're such lovable people. It's because we have a common love for a common father. And uh, it's our love for Jesus that binds us together in a commitment to each other. And if I have a desire to uh, be with other believers in corporate worship, uh, it's a sign that I am a child of God. Uh, If I have a desire to serve uh, other believers, it's a sign that I am one of God's children. Now, I'm ready to move on from the image of the seal to move on to the image of the inheritance. Uh, But before I do... Let's just make sure that uh, you're answering the big question. Remember the big question? It is, am I an adopted child of God or not? 
Ask yourself these questions. Do I have a conviction that Jesus is my only hope for salvation? And do I have a desire to share Jesus with others? Do I sense God's voice speaking to me in my life? Do I have a desire to learn and apply God's Word in Scripture? Is my life marked by a commitment to community, worship, and serving other believers? If these things are true, then I should have a growing sense of assurance welling up within me right now that I am an adopted child of God. But now let's transition to Paul's second image, which is the Holy Spirit's mark of inheritance. In human adoption, uh, an adoptive father wants to pass something on to his adopted child. But in the human level, uh, his only option is to pass on material inheritance of money or possessions. A human adoptive father... um, may want to pass on some genetic uh, inheritance and qualities to an adopted child, but that isn't possible. In many cases, it's also a good thing. Uh, Your adopted child may want you to keep your huge nose to yourself. Uh, But what is impossible for a human father to pass on genetic traits uh, to his adopted child is easy for God. God proves that his people are his children by passing on to them some of his spiritual DNA through his indwelling spirit. The child of God uh, actually inherits God's character and God's capabilities through the indwelling Holy Spirit. So we have these two inheritance marks that distinguish the adopted children of God. They are God's character and God's capabilities. Let's start with God's character. The first inheritance mark that distinguishes me as a child of God is an incremental increase of God's character qualities in my life. Uh, I inherited certain traits uh, from my dad. I inherited asthma and allergies, uh, which isn't very good. Um, I have a cousin on my dad's side who inherited baldness. Uh, On the bright side, she also has a mustache. So uh, it kind of detracts from the baldness a little bit. Uh, The fact that we inherit things from our earthly fathers is a kind of a good news, bad news story. Uh, We inherit imperfect qualities from our, our fathers because they're imperfect. But everything I inherit from my heavenly father is perfect. Because God's character is perfect. And in Paul's letter to the Galatians, uh, he supplies a list of the character qualities that God passes on to his adopted children. Paul calls them the fruit of the Spirit. And he writes in Galatians 5, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. This list is a good tool for assessing whether or not I am an adopted child of God. Do I see God's character DNA in my life? Now, no child of God has all these character qualities all the way, all the time. No, in verse 14, what does it say? It says uh, that 
God's children only inherit a deposit, where uh, the Greek word means a down payment. Uh, God gives me just a foretaste of his Holy Spirit uh, and his character qualities in this life, just enough to prove to me that I am his adopted child. God wants me to grow in assurance as I incrementally grow in Christ-like love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. So let me return briefly to the metaphor of the seal. Now we're going from inheritance now back to the seal because there's something else I just want to tell you real quickly. And that is, uh, do you know what the imprint was on the Roman official Roman seal? History tells us that the Roman seal was imprinted with a facial profile of the emperor. So likely Paul has in mind how the Holy Spirit confirms us as God's children by the way he stamps us with the image of the Heavenly Father. If I am growing to bear the Father's facial profile, I can be assured that I am God's child. All right, let's, let's go to the next uh, inheritance mark that distinguishes me as a child of God. It's my incremental growth in God's capabilities. Uh, just like human fathers pass on to their children genetic abilities in uh, music or sports or uh, intelligence, God passes on to his children one or more of his supernatural capabilities. Uh, in his letters, the Apostle Paul calls these divine abilities spiritual gifts. For instance, in uh, Romans chapter 12, Paul lists spiritual gifts such as teaching, serving, encouraging, giving, and comforting. And each one of these spiritual gifts, their capabilities of, uh, of a spiritual nature, corresponds to one of God's perfect roles in the life of a believer. God's children inherit uh, teaching and serving and encouraging and giving and comforting gifts because their heavenly father is the ultimate teacher, servant, encourager, giver, and comforter. A number of years ago, a uh, woman came up to me one Sunday and told me that she was new to BlackRock, uh, but that she'd already identified three weaknesses in me as a pastor. And uh, then she proceeded to rapid fire these shortcomings at me. And then she said something that I'll never forget. She said, I need to tell you these things because I have the spiritual gift of criticism. And I said, well, thankfully, I have the spiritual gift of a short memory, and I already forgot what you just uh, said. Um, the point is, is that there's no such thing as a spiritual gift of criticism or gossip or selfishness because our God is not a mean-spirited critic, gossip, or petty nitpicker. Uh, the spiritual gifts reflect who God is and what he does. And it is my joy as his child to discover over time how God has passed on to me one or two of these capabilities as an inheritance that confirms my 
status as his adopted child. Do you see this happening in your life, Uh, even just a little bit? Uh, As you grow in Christ, even just a little bit, do you notice God using you uh, repeatedly in one or two major ways? God is helping you to be aware of your spiritual gifts for you to use in blessing others and to assure you that you are his child at the same time. God really wants his adopted children to know who they are. So God supplies two seal marks of the Holy Spirit, uh, growth in faith and in love. But then God also, beyond the sealing, God also supplies an inheritance, two inheritance marks of the Holy Spirit, which is growth in God's character and growth in God's capabilities. Do you see these marks in your life? Remember, that's the big question that we're answering today. Are you an adopted child of God or are you not? Maybe you don't see these marks in your life. But instead, you have heard this whisper uh, throughout this, uh, this message calling you and saying, this could be you. Well, this is the voice of God's Holy Spirit. And he is inviting you to receive forgiveness and a new life through faith in Jesus and what he did on the cross for you. If you do see these marks in your life, did you hear a voice? Did you hear a voice confirming you as God's adopted child? Do you hear a whisper inside calling you to a deeper experience with your Heavenly Father? Well, that's the voice of God's Spirit. And He's inviting you to take the next step in the realization that you are adopted. Adopted for life. Would you please stand now as we close? God, thank you for uh, not only uh, just telling us how to uh, have a, a new life in Christ, how to receive your forgiveness, not only telling us that we are your adopted children, but giving us proof, giving us proof that we can see in our lives that this is a transaction that has really taken place, that we truly are different people, that we truly are your adopted children, and it's not something that's just made up in our minds. Thank you for the marks of sealing and the marks of inheritance that come through your indwelling Holy Spirit. Would you use uh, this teaching on, uh, on this subject to to challenge us if we're not yet your children to receive that gift. Or if we are, would you take away all doubts from our mind so that we can live in the kind of confidence that marks those who are your children in this world. Then then use us for your glory, we pray, as your children. Amen. See you next time.